0: Hi, I'm Amanda and I'm Kim and this is the department a podcast about trends taste brands and products
1: Episode fifteen, you know, we uh, I guess the, uh, episode fourteen we were talking a bit about getting ready for hunkering down this winter and making it as comfortable as possible in your home space. And this episode we're talking a little bit more about home home nesting trends, homesteading, all of those things, um, kind of. Wrapped up in one. For me, part
0: one of Quarantine for Us, the earlier part of this year, for me, was so defined by the amount of Netflix that I watched. (laughs) I don't Mm. know if it was the same for you. What is interesting, and I don't know if you've heard about this, but Netflix went on this, like, canceling spree in the last month. And they canceled tons of shows. And I know you're going to have some feelings about some of the cancellations.
1: Oh, I didn't know this.
0: Yeah. So for one, they canceled Glow.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yes. And they're saying basically there's too much of a cast to film safely in the era of COVID nineteen. And apparently it was kind of an expensive show to film. So they just cancel it. They're like, peace. So just cancel so it's not even
1: like pause, it's full cancel.
0: Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Another one, now this one's gonna hurt you, is oh. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. <gasps> no! I was just about, oh, what? Why? <laughs> I know, I know. They also canceled like some other shows that like I don't really care that much about, but yeah. I know people really loved, like Altered Carbon, mm-hmm. uh, Teenage Bounty Hunters, The Dark Crystal, mm-hmm. Age of Resistance. Mm-hmm. They actually canceled a show that I had really enjoyed the single season of, which was Spinning Out. It was like an mm-hmm. ice skating drama. And it starred uh, one of the stars from Skins, which I loved that show when it was on. Got it. That was sad. And last week suddenly, I mean, so for some background, I watched so much TV in the early part of the pandemic that I was like, who am I even anymore? I like dream about television. I stay up all night watching television. It's on all day. So I was like, you know what? I need to pull back on that. And So I only let myself watch 30 to 60 minutes of television per day now, which basically is like something I watch with Dustin for a little bit before I go to bed, and that's it. And last week, all of a sudden, I accidentally got hooked on a Netflix show called Away, which stars Hillary Swank. And it's about a mission to Mars.
1: <laughs> but it's sort of really, like, that, doesn't, that doesn't seem very on brand. Maybe the Hillary Swank part. It was, art.
0: you know, uh, it was sort of like, you know, that show, This Is Us, which is like designed to make uh, people cry, basically. Yeah.
1: Yes, it is. It's designed to pull your heartstrings,
0: right? And someone died because of a a fucking crockpot. This was sort of like let's take space travel, but also make it design it to make people cry all the time. uh mm-hmm. And so it was kind of surprising that I was getting sucked into the show. And I think it was primarily because it was like a woman led mission, and okay. there's just like a lot of interesting characters. They were sort of cliche in this era mm-hmm. of This Is Us, to be honest. Like every episode was designed to make you cry. But I get to the end of it. They make it to Mars. Sorry for anyone who was what, didn't want to know that yet. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> they make it to Mars. And that's the end of the season. They cancel the second season. Oh. Uh, and so now I'll never know. And apparently, along with some of these other shows we've talked about, like Sabrina mm-hmm. and uh, Glow, they were very, very popular with viewers, but they just cut them all. Uh, so I don't know what's going to be on Netflix next year.
1: That is really th- okay. First of all, I'm extremely appalled. Um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, I, 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 I I've, i been kind of just looking forward to the next season. I I, mean- know. I was, I was really shocked by that,
0: and I think I'm in this like stage of denial where I'm like, well, maybe they'll bring it back when the pandemic's over.
1: Maybe they I don't will. know. Maybe I'm in will. that I mean I'm climbing right into that stage of denial with you. And I you know, I, all I'm thinking is just, you know, is there a Facebook group I can join?
0: Like <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I know, I know. I, I do? apparently this <laughs> the away show that I was telling you about, mm-hmm. people are very upset about it.
1: I mean, that was a cliffhanger.
0: I know. And I will say that show looked really expensive. Mm-hmm. And I was reading that, you know, that was one of the reasons they canceled it, but also because they were like, we can, we can kind of like make a bubble of the people who were on the ship. Cause there were like five characters that lived on the ship. We can make a bubble of them and keep it safe. But what do we do about all the shots that are supposed to be at mission control where there's like a hundred people in one room. And to be fair, if you try to shoot that with like five people, it would be really yeah. awkward. So I get it. But I also heard this week on NPR that Netflix is raising its price again. I heard that too. So that they can make more content. So mm. explain to me why you just cancel all these things that people love. There's also – oh, my gosh. There's one more show that people love It's really dark mm. It stars – jason bateman called ozark ozark yeah. ozark yeah yeah so we watched like two seasons of it and it was just too dark and depressing i couldn't handle it but apparently that show is like beloved it's like four it or five seasons in it's won awards
1: canceled do you think that they're canceling it because it's it's something maybe for like the contract where they don't have to pay um pay people and that's why they're canceling it and maybe they'll bring it back
0: I mean, that's my hope. I've been going through all of this in my mind because, okay, the how I was looking at it is if you're raising everything, if you're raising the subscription cost ostensibly to make more content, why wouldn't you continue to make content that's proven, one? And two, if you couldn't make these shows because of COVID, how are you making other shows? You can't. Yeah. And I don't want to watch dumb shows that are all
1: Zoom. Mm-hmm me either oh my god i hate that trope i hate hate it it. it's i I don't think anyone likes it it's it's really poorly executed (laughs) it's just yes nobody nobody wants to see it it's yeah it's cliche it's just gross um and and this like a small cast i totally understand it's i don't understand why you would just cancel something that is clearly a really valuable asset and has a huge following so it makes it sounds like maybe there might be something to do with like the cost of the contracts are just too high to maintain at this moment and there's the potential to bring things back i mean it is netflix they can probably do anything
0: yeah this is my hope that that's that's the plan because i get it a lot of shows aren't going to be as good if you film them in the era of covid because you can't keep people safe and have yeah. extras and have a large cast and shoot. And we don't
1: nation. want to see it. We do we not. Want to see it. You see know
0: what? It. Listen, don't make I, it. I know that everybody has to wash the dishes and take out the trash. I don't want to watch a show about
1: that. No. That's how I feel about all these weird Zoom things. Exactly. I was like, I don't, yeah, don't make the Zoom, Sabrina. Like, I don't want to see it. No. And I don't need to see them wearing masks. I don't need to see them quarantining. Like I want to know that in two years when this when I come out of quarantine that Sabrina's going to be Wait, gonna two be years? Back. I don't know. I whatever it is. Like because it'll take them. You know. Like we'll come out maybe in like I don't know, a uh, half a year to a year, and then it'll take them. Uh, you know, That's a true. year. That's
0: true. You know. That's true. You're right. You're right. So yeah. Right, I didn't mean
1: to scare you there. I was. I was. I was putting in the production time.
0: Well, I guess I'm just saying Netflix. If you're listening, we're upset. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to cancel Netflix, but I mm-hmm. thought about it.
1: <laughs> you're not canceling no one's canceling netflix i mean but. it's my
0: lifeline
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: <laughs> but i'm like what are we going to be watching soon like is it going to be like hey here's reruns of small wonder oh, and like God. other shows that we've forgotten about because we can't make new ones
1: probably i like know me, That's rich, instead of oh maybe people will just be watching like just the original sabrina the teenage witch and just kind of being slightly d- disappointed
0: it's not the same.
1: It's not the same. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. So
0: anyway, I knew you needed to hear about that. It's been on oh, my, my. Mind. Oh. Anyway, oh. I know today we're going to talk about nesting, which, you know, is the next step or is the kissing cousin or the peanut butter to the chocolate that is quarantine. <laughs> peanut butter to the
1: chocolate. I thought <laughs> you oh, were going to say peanut butter to the jelly. That's why... But, but oh, I,
0: gross. I have, you got to have it with chocolate.
1: Yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, you know, nesting's been low-key mainstreaming since well before the stay-at-home orders. Pre-pandemic, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics showed that millennials spent 70% more time at home than the general population. And even before the coronavirus crisis hit, Uh, Y-Pulse found that 75% of millennials considered themselves homebodies. (laughs) So as political turmoil and social discord permeated the conscious, the consumer trend to nest started to really balloon back in 2018, which actually, if you look back, 2018 is kind of where all of this crazy stuff started to happen. I feel like every time I look something up, I say 2018.
0: Okay, this is so funny because what I'm going to talk about today, too, began to develop in 2018. And I was thinking, is this because we were starting to get really fatigued by yes. this administration and everything that's come along with it?
1: Back in earlier episodes, 2018 is like such a pinnacle time period for things. Even like, remember I was talking about the the trend in vegetarianism and how it went mainstream to accept mm-hmm beyond meat and everything it's like 2018 mm-hmm. is like like and i've been I'll, I'll say it in multiple time periods throughout this this research i did 2018 anyway i just wanted to say that
0: yeah there's something about that year mm-hmm. i mean definitely something to like think yeah. about further the
1: turning point is 2018
0: i think so i think so
1: we'll look back and be like oh 2018
0: well you know what else i was thinking about earlier today mm-hmm. uh when i was working on clothes horse is that I think 2018 is when self care started to take off too. It did, yes. So and interesting. It, yes.
1: So um, anyway, outside was unbridled, alien, and uncertain. Millennial burnout was a threat to the generation, and Higa was trending super hard uh promising soft warming and comforting interiors so you could control your home environment even if the outside world was problematic and your work life was unbearable on top of that more and more apps were making it easier to not just stay at home but to never leave your home so netflix hulu all those food delivery apps liquor delivery apps grocery delivery apps fitness apps you know there's no need. And 2018 saw a big rise in what they call the homebody economy and appealing to people that wanted to Netflix and chill at home rather than to go out, socialize, go to establishments, go to businesses, party with friends. Um, So this kind of takes us to JOMO, the mindful opposite of FOMO, So FOMO was widely entrenched in social media in the rise and growth of it. And the Washington Post says Silicon Valley's technologies have further heightened FOMO by nudging us to keep scrolling, to gaze Mm -hmm. at other people's glamorous selfies and to post equally enviable pictures of ourselves. Billions are poured into figuring out how to make people more dutiful consumers, more attached to our feeds, more willing to purchase the baubles that online advertisers dangle before us. And what better way to do that is through the envy and emulation of others. In short, our self-sufficiency and capacity for solitude have been eroded by the corporately manufactured sentiment of FOMO. So... Uh Out of FOMO, literally back in 2018, 2019 came this trend called JOMO, a counterculture that emerged, which is the joy of missing out, or the joy of disconnecting as an act of self care. And it's this act of rebelling against social pressures and to not accept that pressure of popularity or living the perfect life to find joy in simple things like just sleeping or couching so jomo was increasingly embodied by memes and i you probably remember these memes amanda and people relating to this and everyone becoming more introverted you know a lot of these jomos mm-hmm. were all about like not wanting to go out and see your friends, like being super excited that plans were canceled, like all of those things. And and everyone was kind of like, yeah, I relate to that. I relate to that. And those started trending. Jomo was increasingly embodied by memes and people relating to this. Um that comfortable lifestyle as a choice. You know, one that you can make and one that people really actually all started to slowly realize that they embraced as opposed to FOMO. Um And it wasn't defined by that shame and anxiety of missing out anymore. And I think that's a really cool shift. But the pandemic subverted Jomo even more since it was frowned upon to really leave your apartment uh, or home, let alone socialize. And that pressure to showcase your amazing life, friends, adventures became completely removed from our lexicon. Um, I have a feeling that, you know, with that shift that weird social anxiety Mm -hmm. like that lift has probably made life a little bit more bearable. You know, I
0: I think so. I mean, I was thinking the other day about FOMO. I love how you dissected it as sort of this tool for consumerism. Mm -hmm. Right. I was thinking about how I think that while some of us are really relieved to not have to deal with FOMO anymore, There are other people who are experiencing it more than ever. And there's something super sad about having FOMO during a pandemic. (laughs) But those are the people who like went to Halloween parties this weekend and are going on vacation. Mm -hmm. I unfollowed a ton of people last week who have been going on vacation and going to parties and bars and restaurants. I was like, I just don't want these people around anymore. And now I feel sort of sad because maybe they just have this incurable FOMO. <laughs> but yeah. I think that we need to erase FOMO from our brains right now.
1: And it's 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 hard. It you know a lot of I was doing a lot of research about FOMO and JOMO and that JOMO is like being able to embrace n- like disconnecting you know, and that like, yeah. that is
0: really hard. It is really hard, but I also think FOMO, and I can say this is a person who's definitely suffered from it in the past. All of us. Yeah. Prevents you from enjoying the moment that you're in mm-hmm. and enjoying your life. And I think, I mean, you know, we've been talking about it, like how can this next phase of quarantine be better for us? And I think, shedding that fomo and really being happy with what you have and the things you're doing every day mm-hmm. will give you this sense of peace that you probably haven't had in quite a while.
1: Exactly.
0: And this is like a self-help pos- podcast now.
1: Right, exactly. Well, the only fomo that should be existing is is like seeing a really epic of bread bowl that your friend made and wanting to make that also.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. That's a good FOMO. Like I think if we could strip our social media feeds because, okay, I'm going to start this by saying there are people who are like, social media is evil. We need to get rid of it. Let's be realistic. That's not happening. And while social media has many negative attributes and many negative influences on our lives, I'm so grateful for it right now because it allows me to stay in touch with people that I otherwise wouldn't be speaking to. Like if if this had happened 20 years ago, you would just not have any contact with anyone you loved for a really long time unless you called them on the phone. And in times when my mental health has been not in a place where I want to text or call someone or these people who do Zoom happy hours, I don't even understand it, but At least I could scroll through and see what you're all doing and like it or say something, give a comment. So I think social media is actually a good thing or can be a good thing right now. But imagine if we were using our social media to share how we are coping with staying at home. Here's a cool thing I made. You should try making it. Here's Mm -hmm. a tip on making it. What are you doing instead Mm -hmm. of? look at me, I'm having brunch because you know how I feel about brunch. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and I can't what? believe I'm still seeing
1: brunch photos. But make your own brunch. Make your brunch at home. Like, Yes, now that I will like. Yeah. I will like that. Mando will like that, one. that that's the <laughs> one. That's the one brunch she finds acceptable. Totally, totally. But I mean, don't you agree with me there that like,
0: mm-hmm. we have to stop fueling everybody's FOMO of like what we don't have right now and instead get this Jomo, man. Get the do Jomo. cool shit at home and share it with your friends. So that yeah. they can do cool shit at home too. And like, there is joy to be found in every situation. And I think this is getting really deep here, but I yeah. feel like one of the illnesses that so many people are suffering from right now is this inability to be happy with what's happening right now in their house. Instead, it's like, no, I miss traveling. I miss seeing my friends. I miss going to parties. I'll never be happy until I can do those things. And I would say when they come back, you're going to have a great time doing that. But I mean, I know you're the same as me in this way, Kim. Sometimes it is just so nice to be at home, working on stuff that you like doing, laying on the couch, reading a book, petting a cat, watching the, the adventures of Sabrina, R.I.P., you know, like making a good meal, like working on a project, making a present for someone—like mm-hmm. these are things that we can do right now and find joy from.
1: I mean, I actually find that I am so busy that I couldn't even imagine having other options. Like, I mean, the I thought so of busy. going
0: if, of having plans where I have to go somewhere—no, no. I can't even handle it right I now.
1: Too much. I have too much to do. Like, I have to update yeah. the, this, this Pinterest board is just like dying to be fixed up. And <laughs> I have, I have to work on cooking a bunch of things and I have to do all this cookbook stuff. And like, I mean, and, and, you know, I do believe that a lot of people were kind of embracing the Jomo thing at the beginning of the, the pandemic, which is why we saw all those, those sourdough breads. And we saw the, the focaccia with the, um, flowers, flowers, and we saw Guys, the joyous. Bring that back, uh-huh. like bringing bringing that stuff back, and you know, em- embracing like those like DIY projects. I think um is what Amanda's talking about. So I guess it's like it's not even just Jomo; it's like DIY mo.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I don't know. We have to stop. Like, listen. One of the things I had to do was stop. Looking, You know how like Instagram will send you those reminders of like, look at what you did last year. I kind of had to stop looking at that because guess what? I'm not going to go to Japan right now anytime soon. I'm not going to get invited to a party. I'm not going to go eat in a restaurant, eat a fancy meal and have tons of drinks. I'm not going to get on an airplane. And so taunting myself with those memories was making me sad about what I don't have right now. And when I stopped doing that and was like, actually, I live in this place I really love. You know, I have all this cool stuff I can do. I have space for it now. I'm making my house cozy. I was was telling Dustin, I was like, I've been the happiest I've been all year for the past few weeks. It's been a game changer for me to sort of say, hey, that was then. Those things will come back. This is now. Let's enjoy what's right now. Instead of looking at it as this lost year of our life, What if we just think of it as another year of our life where we do new stuff and learn things?
1: Absolutely. Like if you can come out of there, like knowing how to play an instrument or learning how to cook all these different cuisines like you were talking about. I think that's- Yeah. Yeah.
0: Totally. Totally. I think, you know, I would have never learned how to cook Korean food if I hadn't been laid off from Nasty Gal. (laughs) That's that's a bad example because you and I literally went to a bar and had celebratory drinks after it happened. But- (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. like, still, like, I am really leaning into this idea that I'm going to come out on the other side. Like, I think we, we quoted this in the skincare episode. Like, if I'm going to cocoon, I'm going to come out a butterfly. Yeah. Well, that's more than just like your skincare. That's like Mm -hmm. everything that you're doing right now. And when I see people who are like, out at bars, and going to parties and going on vacation, I'm like, you're squandering this opportunity to not only be safe, And be doing the right thing for our society as a whole, but to grow who you are.
1: You heard it here, folks.
0: Yeah, sorry, that got really (laughs) philosophical, but it's been on my mind. Like, I think we're all, our FOMO is preventing us from being able to be okay right now. And Mm -hmm. it's all capitalism's fault, apparently, according to Kim. And I believe it.
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) you know, and, and, you know, there is some capitalism that does surround Jomo, which I'll get into. I know.
0: Get the brands in on this, man. (laughs) Convert us out of JOMO. Still make a killing.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, oh, don't worry. I will get into that. Um, Well, the coronavirus is increasing the mean of home to millennials. Y-Pulse found that nearly 8 in 10 young adults, which is 78%, are now trying to make their home a nicer place to spend time. I mean, obviously. I mean, before we didn't spend time at home. We didn't. We didn't. And we... (sighs) You spent money on experiences and avocado. Oh my toast. god. How many meetings have you been in? Yeah. It's like
0: millennials don't buy things. Yeah.
1: They buy now experiences. They, yeah. <laughs> they buy experiences. They buy avocado toasts. Like that's just what they do. A cold brew, <laughs> you know, like they're spending money on on all the all the stuff that's not not at home. But now They're kind of reverting to spending money at home, and they describe their ideal home as comfortable, cozy, safe, calming, and quiet. So the meaning of home has totally shifted to be a relaxing atmosphere and a soothing space. So social media trends regarding domestic obsessions and hashtag adulting have been growing like crazy within the younger generations. Cooking, and particularly Le Creuset, is trending on TikTok So there's this new obsession with aesthetically pleasing, colorful pots. Um, (laughs) And I think it's stemming from the popularity of the cottagecore content.
0: Well, which you is, know I support that.
1: Of course, which is providing a combination of es- escapist fantasy and self-care. And many hashtag Le Creuset posts also have a, a hashtag cottagecore tag attached to them. Interesting. And so cottagecore resonates in so many spaces and is likely the central aesthetic of 2020. So if you look up Le Creuset on TikTok or even on Instagram, you'll just see basically it's like a lot of Gen Z, uh, Gen Z kids who are just like obsessed with Creuset, A lot of them can't really afford it, um, but they'll just be posting pictures of Le, Le Creuset, and they don't even always really realize how much they cost. Um, so sometimes they'll get you know like the more affordable ones, but like apparently that is like the the ultimate right now within that sphere. But, you know, there's a trend to invest in your home space and prepare to hunker down for fall. So elevating your home is an act of self-care for comfort, you know, an appreciation and finding a home that makes you happy. So, you know, here's that magical 2018. So around that same 2018 time period, there became this really valuable trend of, quote unquote, girls who stay in bed, (laughs) find i know this was actually something super funny to stumble upon i actually started i started laughing and i was just like so excited i think i might even do they eat there because that's disgusting well okay (laughs) it's like a concept of like staying in bed as like staying it's kind of like staying in bed staying in home it's finding joy in naps reading Mm -hmm. in bed watching Netflix in bed, cozied up, eating takeout, potentially in bed, um, staying in as a form of self-care. And brands really, they found this. They realized it and they started targeting that girl who is notorious for spending money on homebody products. So we are talking bed in a box Bedding and linen companies, candles, face masks, all these categories exploded in their sales and saw this huge boon during the pandemic and stay-at-home when more people were just staying at staying in, at home, staying in bed. Um, so this fall and holiday, as nesting needs increase, these are going to continue to be popular and we're probably going to find that they're really hard to come by again. There is a company or a brand that was called Girls Night In that got referenced a lot while I was doing research on this. And mm-hmm. I follow them on Instagram. I think you follow them on Instagram. hmm mm-hmm. And it's a community that started back in 2017. Their mission is to help you unwind, take care, and connect. With over 130,000 followers on Instagram, they are reimagining how people take care through downtime and quality friend time. So, the Girls Night in brand and community was based on the belief that as our lives get busier, the more important it is to take a break. With mental health issues on the rise and rates of loneliness increasing in a society that's always on, they believe. I believe taking a break and cultivating friendships is a crucial part of what wellness means, whether that means getting some me time or with a good book or rounding up friends for a good night of fun in. Um, Pre-pandemic, there was this trend in merch you could find at like Target and Etsy with all these stupid quotes, like nonsense quotes, my favorite is Namaste in Bed. Nope. Two thumbs Um, down. (laughs) Namaste in Bed. That clearly have a market, and there are more than 1,300 items on Etsy that say Namaste in Bed. (sighs) Yoga sweaters, doormats, pillowcases, coffee mugs, wall decals, mason jars, uh, hand-stamped mimosa spoons. Ew. Anyway, you can find that people are actually living off of these friends. Like, this is kind of that live, laugh, love girl oh. elevated to the stay Hid in bed. So much. Person.
0: You know how I feel about it.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. so, as that novelty has kind of worn off and the stay at home orders took away the choice, the importance of the bed still is like one of the most important self-care um, trends and optimizing that in quarantine has become even more and more important. So people that hadn't upgraded their mattress back in 2018 or their bedding are now doing so. So the bedding industry is currently enjoying year over year sales increases in the double digits, well over 30% with mattresses crushing it. Everything from mattresses in a box to, um, or these crazy luxury beds over $10,000, they're seeing, like, insane growth. Um, Amanda, what is your mattress situation looking like? So we
0: actually have a mattress from Ikea. And it was, like, the fanciest mattress at Ikea, but I love it so much. And I think I told you, we talked mm-hmm. about this a couple weeks ago, we were going to buy one of those mattresses in a box. You know, yeah. it's, like, all over the internet. Um And I was reading all these reviews and, you know, like I like to do, I took it to Reddit. (laughs) Yeah. And.
1: Well, you know, you're going to get an honest opinion. because Totally. Totally. I mean, Amazon, you sometimes sell, oftentimes that's paid. Mm -hmm. Um, If you go to someone's website, you know, they, they'll use these, these comment social proof apps, but you can, you could, you could pull out a lot of the negative reviews if you want, you can edit them.
0: It's real, real, but I think for probably a lot of people who are listening right now, they're probably shocked to hear that the reviews you see online are not as, I don't know, like reliable as you might think. Honest. right? Yeah, as honest, I think that's a good that's a good way to describe it. So, yeah, so I went I took it to Reddit, and uh, people were saying, like, hey, I tried this mattress, I tried this mattress, I tried this mattress, but honestly, the best ones out there are the top-of-the-line ones at Ikea. And I was like, oh, uh, okay, well, let's just... This is obviously in a world in which you can go places and try out beds. But we went to Ikea, and we found the corner of the mattress showroom where they had all the most expensive ones. And when I say most expensive, I'm talking four or $500. Like, not that much for a mattress, right? We test them yeah. all out, and we found one. We were like, this is the bed. And I... I wanna say that was like two, three years ago. And this mattress is still incredible. Every time I get into bed, I think literally think to myself every night, this is the best bed ever. <laughs> so I think that's the advantage of I'm not saying like I listen, I have plenty of problems with IKEA, but I will tell you their mattresses are good if you don't buy the cheap ones. And one of the advantages is you can actually go lay on it and kind of see how you feel about it. And I was stressed. I know, not now, right? I was stressed about buying the wrong one because mattresses are expensive and you have to get a good one or you will regret it. I have learned this lesson a hard way.
1: Ask me about the years I
0: have slept on a futon. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. Glad that
1: trend passed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was like my entire college existence. Yes. yes. I
0: mean, that was like in the 90s. You were cool if you had a futon. Yes. Absolutely. You were sleeping terribly, but you
1: were cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. It was just like a. It was like a weird fold-up mat. I mean, the if your mattress folds,
0: it's not a good sign. And I, it's so funny. I haven't thought about futons in so long, but there would be stores that just sold futons. What yes. happened to them? Yes.
1: I well, I mean, I feel like they just the bed in the box took over.
0: Yeah, so there's a trend that passed the futons. I mean, like in Portland, Oregon, there were multiple futon stores. Yes, it
1: was was a super hot commodity. I think my sister had one in her bedroom and my mother was just like, you have like the best bed. It's the coolest bed. And my sister's like, it's a futon, mom.
0: (laughs) I mean, even my mom was like, oh, I got rid of your bed in your in the spare room and now there's a futon in there. You know, it was like, yeah. even they, the parents were getting they, in on it.
1: Still, it's the height of sophistication. That
0: <laughs> so funny. I haven't thought about futons in so long. Yeah. Anyway. It's like Japanese or what was it? What was it? Is, well, I mean, they are Japanese, but I'm going to tell you this, having slept on the futon mattresses there versus the futon mattresses that were available here and the difference could not be more striking (laughs) like in terms of quality and comfort. Like like we, the first time we stayed in a traditional Japanese hotel and they brought in the futon mattresses and laid them out on the floor. I was like, Oh God, best night's sleep of my life. Swear to God. (laughs) So comfortable. So like firm, but Mm -hmm. like yielding anyway, not (laughs) the futons that we know here in the United States. Mm -hmm
1: wait i have a question about your ikea mattress so what what's like the is it super firm or soft Pillowy? like what what it's makes super
0: it? firm and mm-hmm. that was like a turning point for me because i always thought of myself as a pillow top gal we went to japan and the bed in our hotel room where we stayed the longest on our first trip was pretty hard mm-hmm. the first time i laid down on it, i was like oh fuck, it's gonna be terrible And then I woke up the next morning and I was like, I feel like a new person. Like, I can't explain it, but I had slept the most deeply that I ever had. And we continued to do that every night. And when we came back, we were like, we're going to get a really firm mattress. Now, the mattress we got is not as firm as the one in Japan, but it's just soft enough. I don't know. It's... It's the firmest mattress I've ever owned, for sure. And I just feel like I sleep so deeply; I don't get uncomfortable and toss and turn. Uh, mm. I don't know. It's I. It's not for everyone, I know. But like I said, I always thought I was like a big, smushy mattress person, yeah. and I guess I'm not.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You would think with all those like, like furry cats that you would just love a good, like, you know, pillow, <laughs> pillow to sink into. Well, I mean, yeah. I- yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a bed in a box, you know, and I moved to LA like five years ago and I purchased a new bed for here. Uh, and the bed in the box trend was obviously like a really big deal. Um, you know, every time I, you know, I moved from Brooklyn and, you know, every time he got on a, a, um, on the subway, Casper would have bought the entire subway car. So Casper was like everywhere.
0: And I was
1: like, Oh, maybe I'll get a Casper because it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm such a sucker for, for branding. And I started exploring things. Like I actually did get into a bit of a Reddit hole and wanted to find out more information on these bed in a box. And there's just, there's, there's a lot of like drama around them, you know, because it's all based on, you know, reviews and feedback because there's not very many showrooms for you to test them out. So they, you know, like having an affiliate that really, you know, pumps you up is like, Is so important. And, you know, there's a bunch of like lawsuits Mm -hmm. that Casper was doing, and they became kind of like sharks. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, for like getting good reviews because it really it does define you. And um, uh, anyway, so, but back at five years ago, I was doing a bunch of research and I wanted a bed in a box. And I saw some reviews that, you know, Tufton Needle kind of sounded like it was actually more up my. Um, my alley mm-hmm. because it was, like, it was firm, but soft, but it was a little bit firmer than Casper, I believe. I totally don't remember exactly what it was. Um, and I ended up getting it. And it is one of my favorite things in the world. I love it so much. No,
0: I've heard good things about those. You know, when I was on my mm-hmm. Reddit mattress deep dive, mm-hmm. a lot of people were kind of like, Casper sort of sucks and is mm-hmm. disappointing. Yes. Purple is overpriced. Yes. But people were like, tough to needle is really legit. So that makes yeah. sense to me. See, just proves that Reddit is right.
1: You've slept on it. Oh yeah. It was so comfortable. So comfortable. Mm-hmm. Super comfortable. So anyway, tough the to needle. And then, you know, betting obviously um, I needed a new comforter and there's a brand called Buffy that kept sending ads and they're kind of the, the brand, of a comforter that's like you know they were trying to disrupt the comforter industry it's like a down alternative with like a bamboo shell you know but I I was doing some research and I ended up finding something on Amazon that was really similar it was a down alternative but it was at a fraction of the price and it didn't have the eucalyptus shell that Buffy talks all about you know I like to put a cover on my my comforters I don't like using just a plain comforter Mm -hmm. Um, I like to wash it a little bit easier. Um, so it just didn't even matter. So just getting a, it, you know, I did a bunch of research. And I was like, just get a, an Amazon one and just, uh, you know, get a nice duvet cover. And Mateo, do you know Mateo?
0: Yes. Yes. It's
1: like fancy L.A bedding brand that i love and I, I i have a ton of mateo i use them for all of my bed linens um and they had a 30 percent off sale at the beginning of the stay at home and so i ended up getting a couple new sheets and i splurged on an, a really great new Duvet cover and of course they make everything sure. to order so it took about you know four weeks to get everything but which was totally fine it just kind of really elevated my my bedding um and i do love mateo but i i'm a little hesitant to support them because I did come across some like glass door reviews and Mm. the place sounds a bit toxic.
0: I mean, I, I give that advice to people all the time. Like if you're thinking about buying from a new brand, check out their glass door reviews. Like if you really want to know what's going on there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, next time I might do a little Brooklyn in and parachute home. I do like to spend money on my bedding. I do like a splurge and a luxury. So, do you have any recommends? No, I mean, I'm in the same boat.
0: Our bedding, in terms of like our blankets, is a mixture of blankets from Target and Urban Outfitters. Oh, got it. None of them are great. We're really trying to find like an amazing quilt. That's what we're holding out for. Uh, They can be really, really expensive. And they should be. They're made by a person, you know, and they're a lot of work. So we're just holding out for, like, the right one. But I'm also not, like, going to quilt shops because I don't think I'm old enough yet. So we, like, (laughs) drive by quilt stores and I peek through the windows and see if anything is calling to me.
1: (laughs) What 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 if that is something that you did as your quarantine challenge is that you made a quilt?
0: I mean, I thought about it. My friend Janine made one. And it's beautiful. And every time she posts a photo of her cat on Instagram, that that quilt is underneath the cat. And I'm so jealous. But I just like like you, I have so much stuff going on. Yeah. That I, because I've leaned so hard into quarantine that I don't know if I have time to do it. And I don't want to not finish it. So we'll see. We'll see. I think mm-hmm. that would be an amazing souvenir of quarantine. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Your, your quarantine quilt, I'm sure there's a hashtag for Oh my it.
0: God, I'm sure there is.
1: <laughs> well, you know, what I find really fascinating is that when this quarantine ends and people are able to leave, what will that end up actually looking like? You know, <laughs> we talked about how the roaring 20s might hit us, but that luxury of staying in and like you spent so much time on either moving or redoing your home, you know, and everyone's kind of gotten really used to being at home. I think it's going to really continue to compete with restaurants, shows, concerts, and other experiences
0: mm-hmm. when people
1: just kind of are really enjoying this, like kind of nesting in domestic lifestyle. I think the second, you know, this, you know, whatever the second, that's not even that's not even a thing. But there will be a time period where people people will probably be kind of enjoying um, getting out. But I really think that. This domestic lifestyle change will continue to trend, and I see that that girl who stays in bed and namaste in, in bed trend will become popular again. I, I I can't I can't see any way around it. That people are just now that they were able to slow down, and now that they spent so much on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On this new lifestyle, I can't imagine them wanting to abandon it for anything else.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's really interesting. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Like, obviously, there's not going to be this one day where, like, they ring a bell and the pandemic's over, right? (laughs) Although that sounds delightful. Everybody's dancing in the streets. But I was thinking, like, I would be interested in hearing what your answer is. But what is the one thing you want to do as soon as possible when this is all over, whenever that is and whatever that means.
1: Oh, mine is to see my parents and see oh my, my, God. my family, my sisters. For sure. For sure. You
0: know what? I was thinking of something even s- simpler. I really would like to go swim in a pool. <laughs> oh, because obviously I'm not going to go swim in a pool right now with other people. That doesn't sound very safe. And I don't have my own pool. Mm -hmm. And there's something about just like swimming in a body of water that sounds just like the simplest pleasure to me. And I can't wait to be able to do that again. But Mm -hmm. I would also like to see my family. Yeah. And I would also like to go on vacation. I would like to see you and all of my other friends. I would like to – seeing my friends is like – I think about it, it makes me tear up because it's so far off in the horizon, you know? I feel like – There are so many things I would like to do, but maybe we can all go swim in a pool together. That
1: sounds sounds great.
0: And we're all going to be super hot because we're working out all the time. Exactly.
1: All (laughs) the challenges. Just like years of
0: challenges. Mm -hmm. We'll be like running the swimming pool.
1: I mean, I am seeing some noise out there about how people are starting to grow – Um, antisocial and actually uncomfortable with socializing. I mean,
0: that's my whole life. So welcome to being me. (laughs) I could could see that. I mean, I was wondering about that. Like, I mean, we, as we talked about earlier, there are some people who are just like so resistant to quarantine, (laughs) like they're doing everything they can to avoid it. But what about the rest of us? Like, Imagine having to get all dressed up and go somewhere, all that work, you know, of doing that and then like calling an Uber or finding a parking space Not and making reservations cares. and yeah, then splitting the check and everyone's Venmoing everyone, or you have that one person who tries to take control but can't do math, and like, yeah, you go to a party and it's really weird or bad Tinder dates or Tinder, Amanda. <laughs>
1: no uses Tinder anyway. Just
0: you're right. You're right. I mean, I've been married for four years now and the dating scene has really changed, <laughs> but I guess I just think like, it's, I don't know. I, i mean to tell you that like, I've always had, I get a lot of weird anxiety from making plans with people. <laughs> and when I moved to LA, it was this huge adjustment because everybody would want to make plans like way far in advance. It'd be like, two weeks from now, do you want to get drinks after work? And I'd be like, why two weeks from now? And like, what if I don't feel like it that day and it would give me anxiety? And now I don't have to worry about that anymore. It's nice, <laughs> like, yeah. Do whatever I want. And so I do wonder when I have to start putting on makeup and getting dressed up and putting on shoes that are less comfortable and getting in the car and all that, like, will I want
1: to? I don't know. I don't know. Right. Yeah, nice, yeah. I, nice not having that choice.
0: Like, I know. I know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Because, mm-hmm. like, some people are chomping at the bit already. People, yeah. And they're going to get right out there. I mean, they never stopped. There's, They've been out there, right? Yeah. And then there are the people who are like us who are like, ah, finally I'm my best self. Yes,
1: peace <laughs> and quiet. Finally. I yeah, totally.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. But you and I were also, like, the kind of kids who entertained ourselves. Yes. And... Not everyone is like that, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm content just mm-hmm. being at home. It feels good. I have all my projects, you yeah. know. So we're talking about feathering your nest, which I think is a saying. I don't
1: know. It sounds kind of it.
0: creepy to feather your nest, but kind anyway.
1: Kind of a live, laugh, love girl phrase.
0: <laughs> oh, it is gross. Mm-hmm. Imagine it in that font mm-hmm. that the live oh, laugh love girls look. God, like a
1: cursive. Oh. <laughs> oh,
0: so they've ruined cursive. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> So we're telling you all these things you can do to sort of upgrade your home space, and I believe in that 100%. Like, you must do that. But I want to remind you that this world is already filled with way more stuff than we could ever use, and that includes home goods and furniture. I mean, think of all the crazy throw pillows and elaborate pet beds and rugs and weird furniture at every single home goods in this country. Kim, I'm telling you that I one time was in it, Home Goods, and I saw—I'm not making this up—a life-size pumpkin carriage. <gasps> what? That I guess you put in your living room. What? Wait, it
1: was. Yeah, it wasn't a display.
0: No, it had a price tag on it. Oh, I wow. want to say it was six hundred and ninety-nine dollars. That's actually kind of cheap for
1: like a so <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, it's close out. <laughs> so specific. Like imagine having in there with your pumpkin spice latte.
0: <laughs> it takes up like half your apartment yeah. <laughs> or whatever. It was it was made of like metal or something metal-like with like vaguely glittery paint. It was oh, so bizarre. And God. I mean, think of all the stuff you see in Home Goods alone. I stayed in this Airbnb once that was entirely the craziest furniture you could get at Home Goods. Like lots of like hot pink velvet, like Louis XIV chairs and stuff like that, and like weird thrones and gold. Everything had gold trim. Oh, oh. so crazy. Anyway, that's just one small part of all the crazy home stuff that exists in this world. So, we just moved as you, as you know, and we needed a lot of new things for the house. I mean, for one, it's literally twice the size of our old house, but also just needed things that didn't come with it. Like it didn't have a washer and a dryer. We needed a portable dishwasher because I don't, I hate washing dishes and we needed some furniture things. And, you know, once again, this goes back to me being like really committed to making our house as cozy as possible during quarantine. So, I thought maybe it was just us, but it turns out we're not the only ones thinking this way. Uh, Facebook Marketplace has been on fire for the last few months. I never thought I'd be talking about Facebook because it's (laughs) such a dinosaur. It's for like boomers, right? But furniture listings on Facebook Marketplace have increased nearly 100% since April. And I'm going to tell you, we have found some amazing stuff on Facebook Marketplace.
1: I think that's Awesome. I mean, I'm wondering, it must be because, I mean, Craigslist is even more ancient than Facebook. Like, when you, it's true, it's so clunky and horrible.
0: It's terrible. And I mean, I don't know if it's this way in LA, but here in Pennsylvania, Craigslist is so sketchy. Mm-hmm. Like 90% of what's on there is a scam now. So, mm-hmm. or you're going to get murdered. So, people have moved to Facebook.
1: There's like those apps too, those like the, and those also just are kind of like sketchy and they, everything feels gross. And like like mm -hmm. used and just like, anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you.
0: No, no. I I mean, and if I have this feeling of like Facebook of like, Mm -hmm. what's it good for? But Dustin somehow stumbled upon Facebook marketplace and started finding really cool stuff all the time. And then I got sucked into it. And right now there is so much good stuff on there because, well, I'm going to go into that, but like people are starting to recognize this as a good place to find stuff. Yeah. Um, Nextdoor uh, is a local is like a social networking service for neighborhoods. And what's great about it is you actually have to prove that you live in that neighborhood before you can even join. Oh. So it's literally your neighbors on it. And they said that furniture sales were up 28% in August of this year compared to the same time last year. And I never even think of Nextdoor as a place to buy stuff. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So why is this happening? Well, for one, people are looking for hot deals on furniture because furniture is so expensive and our economic future as a country is so uncertain. So this is a good time to look for some hot deals, right? Also, and I'm really happy about this, people are thinking more about consumption and its impact on the environment. And this trend of buying secondhand home goods has been picking up momentum for the last few years, specifically since 2018. <laughs> Why? It's so weird. So seven out of 10 secondhand buyers are under age 45. Nearly six out of 10 of them have household incomes of less than 75000 And nearly half live in an urban setting. So we're talking about like city-dwelling millennials. Mm-hmm. That's who's driving this surge in secondhand furniture.
1: Well, and then there's a lot of people just moving and it's so expensive to move. And you're probably just like, I don't know if I have to move again at some point. Like everything's totally, totally uncertain. Like, why would you invest in like another, you know, couch or whatever when you don't even know if you're gonna be able to move it?
0: Totally, totally. Trust me, I've been through some moving. It sucks.
1: And I'm sure I'm sure that there's more listings, better listings on there because there's so many people moving. So they're just listing more. So there's more options. Totally,
0: totally. Because there are some very interesting phenomena happening all at once as the result of the pandemic. The first one is that a lot of people are moving home, as in with their parents. In a September poll from the Pew Research Center, 52% More than half of 18- to 29-year-olds reported living with their parents because of COVID-19. And here's something depressing. Before that, before this year, the highest measured value for young people living with their parents was in 1940, at the end of the Great Depression, when 48% of young adults lived with their parents. So we've surpassed that.
1: Wait, so it's 52% of the people are living with their parents because of COVID-19 or yes. from COVID-19? Yes. Because
0: of because of COVID-19. Because they could know they lost their jobs. Right. They were living in a lot of economic uncertainty. And so because of everything that's happened this year, they had to move home with their parents. Got it. And- a lot of the articles and research I was reading about this, I mean, you probably assume it's like young, single people. It was, there were married people. Mm -hmm. There were people with kids. Everyone's moving home with their parents. Some people are moving home with their parents because they're having childcare issues. You know, that makes so much sense. Yes, totally. Of course, a lot of people are moving home because of financial issues. I mean, it's, Some people are just like, I got to get out of the city. My parents live in the suburbs. I'm going. So these people are looking to unload their stuff as fast as possible without hiring movers or borrowing a truck to take it to the Goodwill. So selling it online via these social media apps is the best way to price it to move. And it ensures that it sells fast. And buyers generally will come to your place to pick it up. So it's super easy for the seller And you get a little bit of extra cash to spend after you move home with your parents. Next, I know that this is a thing that people are trying to say, like, this is overblown. But the reality is a lot of people are moving out of the city. And there's statistics to prove it. During the second quarter of 2020, so that would be like, what, May, June, July, 51% of properties seen in America's most populated metro areas were in the suburbs, meaning, the places that people were most likely to go view, not like see, mm. visit, like, but to actually go look at and think about buying. An economist at the real estate company Zillow, love Zillow, said in July that sixty four percent of home buyers were looking at the suburbs. That's a stark wow. contrast from the two thousand ten census. I know, which found that eighty percent of Americans lived in cities.
1: Mm.
0: That's a big, big shift. And I mean, I personally get this because I just moved out to the country. There's nothing like being stuck in your home all the time for months on end to make you realize how crowded and unhappy you feel or that it was the wrong place for you to live in the first place. And it feels safer to be outside the city right now because it's a lot easier to social distance in your day-to-day life, you know? Now, this is what was interesting to me because you think, okay, these people are moving out to the suburbs ostensibly so they can have more space, why aren't they taking their stuff with them? Why are they selling it on Facebook Marketplace and these other places? Well, movers are super risky from a COVID standpoint because you don't know if they've been exposed or if they're even positive at that point. And meanwhile, they're like in your house all day touching all your stuff. So movers, roll in the dice there to use those. Next, moving yourself, and I can speak from experience... <laughs> Is a nightmare. Yeah, and to top it all off, it's a lot harder to rent a U-Haul right now because so many people are moving and they're moving themselves. Because, like I said, it's it's you know risky to use movers. Some U-Haul locations, like in California, for example, have even raised prices in reaction to this demand, which is smart of them from a business point viewpoint. Yeah. Maybe not super great. And from an ethical standpoint, at the very least, you're looking at like really long waits. There were articles about people in New York waiting in line all day to get a U-Haul. And there's a chance, this happened to us, that the vehicle you book is actually overbooked. And the day you go to get it, it's not going to be there. What? So I know. And I was telling you before, like there's a shortage yeah. of U-Hauls. Uh, We were lucky because our car can tow a trailer and that made it a lot easier for us. But if you want the truck, forget it. And they're charging a major premium for it.
1: You were also saying that it was really hard to even get movers too.
0: Oh, yeah. Because people are sick or they don't want to do it or they live with someone who's at risk and they don't want to expose themselves. I mean, it all makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone's moving. So the movers that are around are in super high demand. So once again, people are selling their stuff as fast and as cheaply as possible so they don't have to deal with moving it. Mm-hmm. And there was a therapist who was talking about how there's something cathartic about ridding yourself of your biggest possessions, your furniture, and leaving and starting a new life, especially in the wake of this like hellscape mm-hmm. that is 2020. Yeah. Everyone's like, I'm gonna Marie Kondo my entire life you know. Oh,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: So, what about the people who are buying this stuff? Cuz so obviously all these people are selling it, all these people are buying it. Well, I thought this was really interesting too. Industry analysts say that the first wave of quarantine, so the spring, was those people at that point people were focusing on home projects. So places like Home Depot and Lowe's saw these like crazy huge sales lifts. Like we're talking 20 to 30% growth year over year. Because everyone was doing repairs, setting up home offices, and generally just improving the utility of their home. Because as Kim and I have talked about it, at that point, people thought, this is going to last a little bit of time. Let's get these projects done that we've been putting off, right? And people were also doing a lot of organizing, buying bookcases, organizational furniture, and so many desks. I remember when the IKEA reopened in Philly. You had to wait in line for about an hour to get in. So we did We did not go in, but we drove by it, and every single cart that was coming out of there was filled with a desktop. Yes. It was so crazy. Like Every single person was buying home office furniture. Now, then the summer came, and people spent the summer outside, so they didn't think about it as much. But now it's fall. We're returning indoors. We did all those home improvement projects in the spring. Well, not me personally. But or you can but, but other people. Now people are starting to focus on the comfort and aesthetic of their home. So now's the time to track down new couches, rugs, and sideboards. So there's this demand for this furniture, even as so many people are getting rid of their stuff. So as I mentioned, Facebook Marketplace is a great place. I recently got a love seat for $15. I got a a wicker desk for ten dollars. Yeah, <laughs> um, we got our dishwasher for ninety bucks. Wow. I mean I would say, no matter what you're into, it exists on Facebook Marketplace. And if you're like, oh, I specifically want this couch from West Elm, search exactly that couch from West Elm on Facebook Marketplace, and you're probably gonna find it. Hmm. Uh, I was reading that a lot of the most popular things to both sell and buy right now are like West Elm, Anthropology, uh, Pottery Barn. CB2. Ikea, CB2, totally on the list. Like all of the brands that you would suspect. It's not just like arbitrary used couch. Like there's a lot of barely used brand, like almost brand new stuff out there. Wow. Uh, also, if you really want to go deep into this, because once again, I think Facebook is like so stupid, but there are a lot of these like buy trade, buy nothing, and yard sale groups. I just joined like 10 of them out here in Lancaster County. And it's the same kind of thing of people who maybe don't want to pay the fees associated with Facebook Marketplace, but they're selling stuff. Dustin has actually found some really cool stuff that way. Um, at the very least, it's really amusing because you'll be like, why is someone selling that one pair of socks, but it's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) There's some weird stuff for sure, but uh, most of these people like in my experience so far buying from Facebook are totally into like a socially distant transaction, but also being safe because we're dealing with strangers. So very few people, at least out here, make you go to their house or if they do, they put it on the porch. Oh, God, it's very safe. Uh, the couch we got last week, we literally met the guy outside the police station. Really? Was Was that his, his
1: idea or yours?
0: It was his idea. I was like, why are we going to this municipal building? And then I saw it was the police station. And I was like, that is really smart. So also, you know, we mentioned Craigslist. I feel like depending on where you live, Craigslist is better than other places. Out here, it's super sketchy, and everybody's trying to scam you or murder you, so we kind of stay away from it for the most part. But that is how we got our washer and dryer. You just have to be, do like an extra level of vetting to be successful on Craigslist. Also, next door, which I mentioned, depending on where you live, that can be really useful as well. Uh, There's an app called Let Go that I kept reading about. I think it's one of those apps that like in certain cities is a lot more popular than others. You kind of have to determine like – for where you live, where's everyone's preferred place to sell stuff? It's really weird that that's how it works, but it's like people pick their poison, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then let's not forget, as long as the world is still re- reopened, that in real life, there are so many thrift stores and vintage stores that are selling furniture. There are used furniture stores. I highly, I cannot say this enough, highly, 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 recommend the Habitat for Humanity Restore, they always get some really crazy vintage furniture because basically a lot of their stuff comes from uh, like, you know, contractors going in and gutting an entire house and they bring it and donate it all. So it'd be like furniture, light fixtures, wood, doors, oh windows, God. you name it and bathtubs, like whatever. And they, they, Everywhere I've lived, they managed to gut a whole lot of like these amazing mid-century homes. So, if you're looking for mid-century furniture or light fixtures, that's the ticket,
1: for sure. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah, and always at a really good price. And you know, Habitat for Humanity provides housing for homeless people, and the charity is pretty on the up and up. So, can't recommend them enough.
1: Very cool. Yeah. That's all I have. Wow. That is a lot, Amanda. I mean, obviously, <laughs> because you've been moving, you've done so much research. So mm-hmm. super valu- valuable.
0: Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, I think a place is like the container store. Oh. And I get really depressed because that's all like future garbage. Yeah. 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 And to a certain extent, Ikea as well, because a lot of things you get there You can only take them apart maybe one time and that's it. They'll never go back together again. And so if we can come up with ways to waste less home stuff, we need to embrace that. Because we talk about like the epidemic of, you know, fast fashion. It takes a whole lot of stretchy jeans and jeggings to equal one whole couch that you threw out. Yeah, You know? Yeah, and we don't talk about. I call it like the the home goods industrial complex. We don't talk about it as much as we should.
1: That's true. I mean, the the size of a couch in a landfill is like how many oh. stretchy leggings?
0: <laughs> right, right. And I always noticed in my neighborhood in LA, there was this epidemic of abandoned computer desks. Oh. <laughs> Look, like, like. I don't think people really buy or make computer desks anymore. We've all accepted now you can just sit at a normal desk with your yes. computer.
1: Yeah, you're talking about like the '90s one that's like shaped. Oh, but and it's like yes, it's like a weird yes. plastic, like laminate top.
0: And there's like oh. a, there's like a shelf for your printer yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so yes. terrible. My neighborhood in LA had at least one <laughs> abandoned on every block. <laughs> And I think about that like, oh, like why? Because I get it. Those things are ugly and they can't be used for anything else. And they have, like I said, no aesthetic value. You're not going to be like, ooh, (laughs) a vintage 90s computer desk. This is like my personal flavor. No. Didn't Seinfeld feature this one? (laughs) Anyway, uh, so also – Hot tip: If you live in LA and are looking for a computer desk, go to Little Armenia. Just drive around a little bit; you'll probably find one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think like in, you know, maybe you don't want to reuse a towel or a comforter, but you definitely could reuse a couch because yeah. People, Did you do you sanitize it with anything? Yeah, I clean it. You know, I vacuum it, spray it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that. Um, most couches don't get owned by people long enough anymore. You know, mm-hmm. if a couch is too risky to you, could I interest you in a dining table <laughs> or yeah. a coffee table or something like that? Like there's just so much of that stuff that goes to waste. And I am not only related to people, but also have people in my life and, ha- and former coworkers who were replacing their furniture like constantly. Just really constantly. Yeah. And where does it go?
1: You know, I, it goes, it, it goes to the dump. I mean, unless, unless you put it outside and someone picks it up. I mean, in LA, that's really, um, it's a really popular thing where people, if you put it outside, like I'll take a picture um, actually, Ty taught me this trick where you put it outside, you take a picture, you post it on Craigslist, and you say "free stuff" and you show what what's there, and it will pretty much all be gone
0: unless it's a computer
1: desk. Unless it's a computer desk, nobody wants a computer desk. Um, but I mean, there is there is this that that new service that's like the rental uh, furniture service. Have you heard of this one? Yes. Yes. What is it, what is it called? Do you remember?
0: I can't, but I know that Rent the Runway was testing something like that out with, I want to say West Elm, and I don't know if it's still going on.
1: Furnish. It's called Furnish. Furnish.
0: Okay. And uh, I mean, it sounds really stressful to me, but I also live with asshole cats. That's so, true. So I'm off the table for that. But I remember when I was reading about the Rent the Runway Furniture and Home Goods Rental, situation it was okay to have pets which I was like maybe this is just for people who don't have pets because like what if you rent something and you have a cat the next person's allergic to cats that's a bad situation but apparently they weren't being picky about that which leads me to believe that a lot of stuff was getting damaged out when it came back
1: yeah I feel like it's like a hundred I mean what was the price I feel like I mean you know you are paying a premium to have rental furniture.
0: But if you're not sure where you're going to live in a year or what you even like, it's a good approach. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's far less wasteful. I will say I've noticed this trend on Facebook marketplace of people who own like very specific sort of vintage furniture that you can rent for your event or photo shoot. So like, you know, those wicker peacock chairs. Yes. Yes people are renting them out like crazy on Facebook just for you to like have your birthday party and sit in it. And I'm not mad about it. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. So that's another thing you could, if you just wanted to have a wicker chair for one day, there's your chance. There you go. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode.
1: Yeah. And please make sure to leave a review and a rating on our Apple podcast page. You know, you can follow us on Instagram at underscore the underscore department dot. Or I'm sorry, there's no dot com there. Um, it's just <laughs> at. We should do that though. Let's make it more complicated. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I feel, I, it's too easy to find us. So it's just. <laughs> it's just at underscore the underscore department and then um you can find us online we have uh, i list out everything with links and all these great things so you can refer back there or follow along and that's the department.world you know follow the newsletter i'll eventually start sending out you know newsletters and updates and things um once we get you know yeah, I, maybe a hundred people.
0: A hundred? I thought before you said 50. I guess This episode is going to be like, if we can get 175. Okay. All right. I'll keep it at 50. Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> I'll keep it at 50.
0: You heard it here first, guys. Uh-huh. 50 of you. Get it yep. together. You get a oh. newsletter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back with an episode about blending. No, you didn't hear us sing correctly. That's really what it's going to be about. Blanding. Uh, Bland.
1: Bland. Bland, bland.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be exactly (laughs) like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, until our next episode, bye. Bye.